How are we doing? Oh, okay, we're live. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, today's um, today's episode of uh, LinkedIn Live and uh, kind of today is all about our 9-2 release and the demo that goes with it. We're going to dig in. We did our um, first announcement um, last Thursday on 9-2. We did a nice intro to what's coming and today we're going to be focused on uh taking the demo and kind of digging in a little bit deeper and with that i welcome uh, mark tacolini our cto how are we doing today mark i'm great thank you so what we're going to do today is three steps uh, first i'm going to show again the demo at a more architectural level so everyone, even if you are not familiar with our platform at all, I strongly recommend you to go through that in detail. And the second part is more technical on the project configuration itself. So on the second part, you dig exactly which configuration, which code behind we have to make those things happen. Okay. okay. And everything that I'm showing today will be available on our website next week. Next week. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to start with the demo, right? Yes. Yeah, so let me go ahead and share my screen. So I hope you are seeing my full desktop now. Uh, we've got your desktop, but we can still see us in the corner. You can go full if you want. Yeah. Uh, no, good. Good. So essentially, uh, what we do, okay, uh, we create a little demo that's composed by two project configurations. This one called Asset Monitor, and this one's called Edge Collector. So when you install your computer, you only need to run this one. The other components, it will put to run automatically. And essentially, uh, the first screen you see is this architecture. And essentially, what I'm showing here is the full uh, project configuration for a typical distributed application nowadays and showing many components of our platform. So in this application, we have our own MQTT simulator. It's a tool part of frameworks. Publishing data mimic as if it was uh, uh, edge device. Publishing data to a local uh, edge device that edge device receives that data and forwards uh, to uh, the uh, centralized application where we have Canary Storia. And here in the top, we have the central application doing the UI to all the sites. In this case, you have only one edge application running, but it's a typical uh, application, this component, the edge are going to have many from your many sites, and this component will be only one showing the data from uh, the many edge devices. Okay. And however, I'll keep moving, but anytime you want to enter with a question from you or for a customer, or even put some comments to clarify, please do. Okay. Okay. Yes. When we have that application, I can launch uh, the web client interface. And essentially, uh, what is important here uh, to show in this demo, that in some cases, some cities, we have only two assets. In some cities, we have uh, three assets. So the number of assets 
we have in each city uh, is dynamic. But that configuration on how your user interface will behave. So if I select this city, I'm showing the details of those five panels. If I select this city, only two, because I have only two uh, uh, locations under this city. If instead of selecting the city, I select one specific device, I go to a detail page of this device. So this interface that I'm running in HTML5, you see here my browser. By the way, I could be running the exactly same applications, native Windows applications, which support both technologies. Uh, but the key points here that this application was designed to be dynamic and self-aware. What that means? Dynamic meaning that if you add or remove assets, you don't need to change anything in the application. So we are working with dynamic models here. Of course, you had to create the templates on what you want to show if you select a city, uh, how you want to show uh, the assets in the map, what you want to show by default when you click you want thing on the map. Of course, you need to have those templates, but pretty much the application reacts dynamically to the data model. And by self-aware is that based on the user interface and on the assets selected, you see the, the displays that I'm showing they also will be dynamic based on what the user is doing at the application level. So this that I'm showing here is uh, the user interface that's happening in this centralized computer that's receiving data from the many uh, devices. And what I'm going to go in detail now and which components uh, they were used to create that and the configuration. Before I move that, any question or comment, Harry? Uh, no, that's pretty clear, Mark. On the actual clients, um, you could you could obviously web get a web view into the server from anywhere, right? It's there's no oh, yes. in there. Definitely. So uh, if you have here your URL. In that case, of course, presentation opening from a local computer. But if you go to a remote computer and put the proper URL pointing to your server, you're going to have the exactly same view I have it now. Okay. And of course, you can have as many users you want. Okay. Good. And one final comment. This demo requires Canary Labs. Uh, because you probably know we have now this agreement to have Canary as an option embedded right away up to 500 points if no cost right away in the products. But we have a version of this demo that is using only a broker to be the centralized data, not Canary. So when you see on the website, you're going to have two versions. One storing the main asset model in Canary, using Canary to build features. Another version of the project will not use Canary at all, use only the MKG broker and then SQL archive into the data. So you have both. And what's nice, you see how easy it is to change from one configuration to another one. Yeah. Good. So let's go uh, 
law on the details on that. Uh, we have this project that is part, uh, this documentation, I mean, that's part of what the point of the project that go a little deeper explaining that. So I will take my time here and uh, I, I, I could use this one, but frankly, I like this one. I'm going to use uh, this other one here to explain which factory components we are using, okay? In 9.2 release, we have a component called Simulator. Is if you go to our website, statsoft.com, uh, and uh, you have under support documentation, you have all the notes on the nine point release. So this tool, as explaining, it sends data to a broker running in an edge box. So for now, think only as this computer is only this box. To simplify the deployment of edge applications, we have our built-in broker. That's very, very nice, <laughs> frankly. Because if you know about MQTT, it's really growing a lot nowadays, you need to have the broker. The broker acts as a data hub, you can say, for your all your application exchange data from MQTT. So it's necessary if you have someone publishing or subscribing data using this protocol to have a broker. And very nice, we have that broker available uh, to you as part of our standard application. Of course, you can install another one, but have out of the box, the broker functionality. So GIS is publishing data to your edge device. And the edge device is routing the data to a canary story. But in this demo, we put one additional frameworks components. The name of the file is GWeb Server. But in this case, not really acting as a web service, acting part of his functionality is acting as a smart gateway. So the edge device is not publishing the data directly to Canary, it's publishing to the gateway and the gateway forwards to Canary. Why it's very common requirements? Very cheaply, many companies, this device at the edge is on the level two on the process network or on level three, uh, the SCADA nodes. So you have to move the data to the archive that some cases are on that level four, the business network. So we have this technology that you put the gates in the level 3.5 uh, that act as a safe way to migrate that data. And finally, the last components of this application is this asset monitor application that is running the user interface, getting the data directly from Canary. So when you see the project configuration, see that we have two projects. The edge project gets the data forward to the business level. The asset monitor project connects with the archives whatever is Canary, Pi, uh, Enterprise Broker, HiveMQ, and uh, work all the UI with uh, the models that you have. And by the way, the models could be using our own asset modeling tool. So that's the basic architecture uh, of uh, this application that I have running here, okay? So let's go to the bits and bytes, Harry. 
Okay. Sounds good, Mark. Let's do it. Yep. Okay. So uh, from now on, uh, either you need some basic knowledge of Factory Studio or understand that as a training or platform. So here we have the project selection tool that shows uh, all the projects that you have installed here uh, in this machine. You can add or remove the search paths here in this interface. And essentially, there are two projects that are part of this configuration. One called Asset Monitor and another one called Edge Collector. Uh, and I will uh, start showing, I opened the Asset Monitor application, but in a second thought, probably better to start from the Edge device <laughs> and we move our data up, okay? And since I have those two projects open right now, I'm going to go here and switch the color schema so I don't get confused which one is which, <laughs> okay? So the edge configuration is the one with the dark backgrounds. So what is the configuration on the edge device to do that acquisition? It's really very, very simple. You go to providers, okay? A new feature that we have called dynamic tag providers tag providers, and we create two connections. One connection is connecting to a MKTT broker running in this URL. To be clear, in this case, it's our own embedded broker, but could be any MKTT broker, okay? For the application point of view, he's just connecting to this broker to be able to read the data. And it's also connecting with a canary. In this case, you, our uh, uh, OEM embedded version of canary, but it could be also a remote canary system to publish the data. So here you just need to define uh, the connections, which servers you are going to move the data in and out. Uh, with 9.2, you don't need to create tags at all. Uh, in fact, this tag I just created in my last presentation as a demo <laughs> to talk about creating tags. But pretty much you don't need to create tags, you don't need to create assets, nothing. Because the only thing you want to do in the application is to read the data. And when you do a definition like that on the tag provider, you don't need to do any configuration because we are out of the box dynamically being able to get any data from that broker. So what I'm browsing here is whatever dynamic components I have in that broker, okay? So the only configuration to be able to read the data is set up the connection. Then I can start use the data right away. So, uh, so, to, so you really understand that concept. Uh, let's go for instance screen. Uh, if, if I wanted to here to have an object, that in that object I use change colors uh, based in a tag, and I want to pick up a value not from our tags, but from the broker, we can do that right away, as you can see. You know, I don't need to create tags. I don't need to create mapping. I can just go to the broker and pick up uh, right away the syntax, okay? 
And because some of you may be watching that in smartphones, I will make uh, that really big so you can see the new syntax that you have starting on 9.2 to access those remote assets. So this syntax means MTTT Spark Plug B is a name of a namespace. Which namespace? The namespace you created here. So this name refers to this dynamic tag provider. So what I'm saying here, go to this provider and get this data. That's all. And you can use it right away to archive, store, and display scriptings, anything else. Okay. In this specific application, what are you using from this provider is a configuration with in storing. So we are sending all the data from this broker from this root node down uh, to, uh, uh, to the canary storing. And because we also have the dynamic capabilities, I don't need to list all my assets. I only need to list the initial path and everything from that initial path down will be published uh, to the Canary system, okay? Uh, so let me uh, stop sharing screen a bit so we can have so, a face to face to answer some questions. Go ahead, Harry. So, so you're creating when uh, you, you don't have to do any creation inside of the Canary portion either. No. You're basically, <laughs> so you're creating those names and structure based on uh, the broker that you're getting the data from. Exactly. The only thing I need to set up is where is my starting point on the broker and where is my target starting point in Canary? <laughs> because okay. sometimes you have a more advanced namespace that you're going to pick up only a subtree from the broker and publish some trees <laughs> in a bigger assets inside Canary. It's not a full replication in some cases. So in our configuration, you just say, okay, where I pick up the data, where I send the data. And we create the data dynamically in the Canary story if it's not defined yet. Okay, nice. That's it. Yep. So frankly, I put some videos so we can have more interaction because uh, if I, uh, keep showing only uh, the configuration, not be very funny because it's only uh, those uh, two lines here. <laughs> here you, you define your data sources. Here you say, okay, pick up the data from MTTT and send to Canary. And that's it. <laughs> that's all there is in this project configuration. And there is one more thing, frankly, uh, just one more detail. The Canary store, you need to put here the computer name where your canary student is. But remember I told you about firewalls and NRC security, uh, Purdue model, that some case you cannot connect direct the factory floor for the business level. So we have the ability to define here a several IP. Uh, if you do that, you can put name of any other computer, either domain or IP that you act as a gator for that data exchange. Cheaply, what you put here on the server IP is a computer sitting on the level 4, 3.5. And we explain those network plays in another video.
perhaps okay. a good team for two weeks from now. Okay. Uh, but that's all configuration on the edge. Uh, let's move to the data visualization now, Harry. Yeah. Uh, well, let me one more thing. So on the edge, though, you're in a typical application, you're going to have kind of many of these edge devices. Yes. And then you you do that simple configuration, and now you're getting your data all basically logged to a canary, our embedded canary historian. That's is that simple, okay? And one thing that you can do that sometimes you may need to do some uh, namespaces corrections. So, for instance, in this case, all the data I'm getting from that device, I'm putting in a new data set inside Canary called storing assets. If you have another edge device that you have conflict of names of tags, you just need to create another data set in Canary. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> so that is not a problem if all edge devices they have identical tag names because using this feature, uh, you can create a higher hierarchy in Canary which, by the way, is exactly what we do uh, in this application. If I, if I go to uh, the application that's running right now, uh, our simulator, in this case, uh, oh, there is important information. In this application, we have only one edge device, but we are running our simulator to mimic many devices <laughs> mm -hmm. from many seats, okay? <laughs> So I'm doing a little trick here because I'm running only one edge application, but thanks to our simulation tool, uh, we are creating all that data that we're seeing here as if we had many devices and many edges being published, okay? Yes. And you see, when I go inside each tree, the name of the tags inside each panel, so both Bilbao and Madrid, they have a panel one with the exactly same tags inside, but we are able to account to resolve any name conflicts, either tweaking the names in the MQTT broker or on the Canary publishing. Uh, so there are a few ways to solve that, but pretty much uh, when you move the data, you are not doing a blinding move you can do things like that to select which data sets I should publish that or to which uh, initial tree I will get the data. And I'm not doing that in this application, but we have all the additional scripting capabilities to tweak the data, database integration, alarms, uh, merging data from uh, more traditional PLCs. So you could do that all. Okay, but in this case, are keeping simple and mm -hmm. only moving the data. So if yes. you see a more programmer view of that, essentially we have our simulator. Our simulator is doing as if I had many devices. Uh, uh, and that simulator published data to uh, the broker and our Factory Studio applications move, send the data to Canary using or not the gateway. The gates are optional. And this UI application is not looking at the edge. You see the UI applications is only getting data from Canary. 
And we are going to publish also next week a version of the demo that's almost exactly like that. You see, it's very easy to change the configuration. But here, instead of Canary, we are going to have an enterprise broker. <laughs> so another example of architecture is to use, you have the broker at the edge and you have an enterprise broker at uh, this level, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's see the configuration of that UI or any other questions for now, Harry? Uh, no, I think we're good. Let's, let's move on. Good. Uh, uh, so uh, let's go uh, again to see. Let's see. This document explain in detail what... Oh, there is one thing that's worth sharing. It's good to look at the documentation. <laughs> that's the configuration for the simulator. So we have that simulation tool for MKTT that you just create an XML file defining what will be our tree. So here I put, okay, I'm going to have a node called Bilbao. Inside Bilbao, I'm going to have uh, uh, two devices. And those are the properties that I will expose in two simulated devices. And you can put any devices, any property, any hierarchy you want to create, okay? So uh, when this application, when we start this application, uh, we put run also this tool, that's the MPTT Sparkbook B simulator. Uh, this simulator, you can do that configuration file, or you can just define right away for going to the simulation of only one device. You don't need a file, you can just define the node ID, something more basic here. If you want to have full customization on each device, if each device is not the same, you want each device to have a unique set of properties, then you do the configuration file. So that's the one of the frameworks components that was running in the background is this simulator. And another component that was running in background is this one here. That's our embedded broker. Okay, and before I go to another big architecture, uh, when you should use our embedded broker or another third-party broker, like Havem Key or another one else? Well, first of all, you can use any of those at any time because they're fully compatible with all of them, including Azure. But if you're deploying an edge application or you're testing environments, it's much easier to have this embedded broker that does not require any configuration, okay? But at the same time, you don't have all the administration tools that an enterprise broker has. So that will be your criteria when to use one or another one. Moving ahead, let's talk about the asset monitor. So the asset monitor application is the one with the lights <laughs> color schema is the one that's doing only the UI. And because it's doing only the UI, you see, if I go to tags, I almost don't have any tags defined. And have the only tags that I have defined here are to do some project administration and use interface tricks, for instance. Uh, we are able to change the colors uh, of that as those components are running or not running. Uh, or you can also have this page that we have information about the performance of the computer. 
So we do have some tags in this application, but they are pretty much for that because the data models itself uh, is coming from a provider, a dynamic provider, Canary Labs again, this example, with in that case region only. And I put the configuration to read whatever I have in these data sets. When you do the connection with Canary, if you are familiar with Canary, you can select also the view. So we fully support the asset modeling views from Canary, by the way. In this case, I'm connected with the primary view that's typically the computer name. That's why we have this placeholder uh, that you, so you can very easily move this application to another computer and one data set. But if you create views inside Canary, you'll be able to connect as well. So that's the only data source I'm using. Uh, and uh, here on templates, we do have some templates, uh, mainly again to do the project administration uh, to the modeling because it's every driven from the model. But we're using one more key features, one more key feature in this that's also 90.2. That's the enhancements we did in our asset modeling features. Why is that so important? Uh, if I am reading, as I'm reading with the provider, the tag from Canary, I can do that with one line configuration. But not necessary to my users. I want to expose all the data that I have in Canary. <laughs> and the data that I'm exposing, in Canary, let's say I pick up one view from Canary or from MKG Broker or from OPCUA. By the way, when I say Canary, replace that your mind by any dynamic data source. What I'm showing here could exactly the same work with Pi, GE, MKG Broker, another factory studio application, OPCUA server. But pretty much when you define that you're going to pick up this subset of data, I want this subset of data to be published to my users under a folder called solar panels and under a node called cities. So I want to have even the dates dynamic. I want to be in control which piece and parts of the namespace will be visible and how and where they should be present to the user. Does it make sense, Harry, that you need that? Yes. Yes. Good. So what we did in our also new on 9.2, we did some extensions in our assets tool that's many nice features. You, you can have folders, you can have tags inside folders. So your tag structure can be a tree. But most important to this specific application, we have that concept of dynamic links in the asset model. So this folder, solar panel, was created by us. It's not something in Canary. Uh, in fact, I can go here, I can ask to create a new level, and we add one level here to this hierarchy, as I just did, okay? So this configuration is using our own asset modeling tools. But, I just created this level one. But what I'm going to insert under level one I will insert something from a provider. So I can go to Canary Store and I can go to this city, to this 
seats only and say under this node i just create called level one you should show whatever you had under group id sevilla in this external data model and when showing on on the ui you should call that sevilla or some other name okay so essentially what that allows you to do uh uh, in fact, I will delete that right away because every time <laughs> I start breaking my own computer. <laughs> so essentially what we did here, uh, we put this canary story, group ID, and everything that we show here from DAO when run the application or even the configuration tool is whatever properties I have on canary or on the external data source, whatever it's broker or OPC or a server. So those names, the values, if it's a dub or it's an integer, this data model and this panel is coming out from uh, the dynamic connection from that provider. But when you show in our uh, UI, it's pretty much the same. The user has a very nice and simple experience on that. So uh, before I go to the configuration of the displays, I will stop uh, again uh, the sharing of the screen to make sure the architecture is clear regarding the data. Now I go only, okay, let's draw some of the screens now. <laughs> but to access the data is only that one line of configuration. Now it's only drawing screens. So okay. you, could, you could actually create an asset model in our asset modeling oh, yeah. tool. Definitely you can. But in this case, you're kind of consuming uh, the structure that was originally created in the MQTT broker at the edge. Yes, and publish and replicate it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. And what's really nice in real life applications, you can have a mix of that. Yeah. You can create a unified namespace I spent the entire morning with uh, Walker Reynolds <laughs> in his session, <laughs> talk about finding space to his, with his group. Yeah. So he was explained that concept very beautifully. And when you have that concept of finding spaces, probably they're going to have a few providers there. <laughs> yes. Uh, in most you cases. certainly don't want to be limited. You know, no, you no. Have flexibility. Yeah. By the way, the old style when all the thing about asset modeling started, the previous generation products, they have the concept, oh, I can do anything as long as you bring me to my model, all the data. Yeah. Uh, that's 3.0 industry. 4.0, you don't need that. You can work with me finding spaces, no matter who is the data steward for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's uh, now uh, share the screen again and go uh, a little more uh, deep dive uh, on that configuration, uh, uh, on the configuration tool. So essentially what we did is uh, uh, when you create the screens, by the way, this application has pretty much screens. I have the connection finding here. I'm not really doing almost anything else. So. When I go to the screens, if ones that are familiar with our application knows that we support both HTML5 and uh, native Windows clients, that is Windows presentation 
with very, very high performance. And one thing that's very nice, the screen itself must be specifically designed either for .NET or HTML5. But not only all the data models, but even the single libraries, they can be shared among both UIs. So if we to do an application like we did here, that we have uh, pretty much uh, a similar set of displays uh, running in both platforms. This is a native thin client called uh, ClickOns or .NET thin client. It does not require any installation on the client computer. And this one is pure HTML5 codes. Because they can share the graphics data model, it's very easy to do your application one way, another way, or even support both as I'm doing in this case, okay? So when you go to uh, our drawing tool, uh, if you look, for instance, these screens that I'm showing here, you see the mapping of the variables are using what you call uh, a placeholder. So here we are putting a placeholder for a property that will be the latitude property. Uh, here in, in this uh, biograph, uh, we uh, are putting another property, uh, well, called panel current, that will point to whatever is the current panel. Uh, so all the properties here, they were creating using placeholders. Uh, so we built generic displays uh all those dashboards that you see we did create those generic components and those generic uh, components will be mapped will be mapped dynamically uh let me find another one uh yeah probably this one would be a nice one oh uh this is populated dynamic so let me go to and um, yeah this is with the mappings so we did everything on the UI that will be either dynamically created, like this page, this page that I'm showing here, that's nothing right now. Uh, let me show so you start to understand. It's frankly this page. So uh, when I open the engineering, it's open because I'm going to have one, two or five panels that will be decided when I run. So I just create that template that I did show to you with the generic and the mapping happens on the fly and how that mappings happen. The most important page uh, you have in this application is this one here called asset control. Whatever is the HTML5 version or the .NET version is pretty much very similar. Uh, so if I go to the Windows Presentation Foundation version, we also have a version of that page that's pretty much uh, very similar. And essentially, whatever technology I'm using to deploy, what I do uh, to the main UI, use a built-in component that we have that's called asset control, that you, it, it publish automatically, expose the asset modeling that you have in your data sets. You can define to start your asset model from a specific leaf, if you want to, or nodes, and we feed back to this tag. That's the most important tag in the application. It's day one, selected assets. That is which asset was selected for that application. 
And you're using one concept that we have Factory Studio of templates and local client tags. You see the select tag is under the UI tag. So let me explain that because it's not new on 9.2, but it's very important concept for you to understand. When you have our own variables defining our application, we have the concept of domain to say, okay, is this tag applicable to all clients? All clients will be the same value to this tag? Or each computer, each client will have its own data? Of course, the selected assets I want you to see in the tree, this, this property here, it's in like a solar panel, CHS Barcelona panel three. Uh, that's my variable. For sure, that needs to be a local variable. And in fact, going a little advanced, I told you that would be a more advanced train. If I open our debugging tools, I go to proper to watch and I go here to open a new list of tags to monitor. And I ask to see the variable UI. You see the variable UI has many properties. That's everything that I'm using to tweak uh, uh, the, the navigation on the UI. And one of those is this one called selected assets uh, that has uh, on whatever I have selected uh, uh, in, uh, in that element tree, okay? Or in this case, it's connecting to the local client, not with the browser, but... <laughs> Let's close that because, of course, this value will have one different value to each client. Uh, but with that in mind, what we do when you open those displays, we just put some little code behind so that uh, we will map that to the specific assets. So when you have this screen, here is the asset selector. Is this screen uh, we map ask to be mapped to the selected assets? Okay, and let's uh, keep moving uh, to show uh, some code uh, behind uh, those displays. So, if I go, for instance, to the one called the pop-up page, where we have here the templates. Uh, what is the code behind? Besides that, okay. And it's pretty much the same, whatever you are using HTML5 and .NET. The only difference, this one uses JavaScript and .NET is C-sharp or VB.NET, okay? And frankly, because I like more uh, C-sharp and the code is pretty much the same, I think it would be probably easier if I pick up the .NET version of that. <laughs> I like a little bit more the syntax. <laughs> So essentially, what we do when open this display, we pick up which tag providers this display is connected. So I even can dynamically make a display mm -hmm. point to different tag providers. <laughs> I pick up which assets uh, I will be connecting to, to. And I, I just create here a string that will be the full path name for whatever I want to show on that screen. Because one thing that I forgot to mention, I did show that when you work with the new tools, you can assess any asset like that in screen right away, okay? 
What I forgot to mention that's really important is you can do that in expressions, even the screen itself, even use another tag. <laughs> so you can do things like that in your application. So you have another variable <laughs> that as this variable points to another asset path, this alarm or this screen or this calculation will be dynamically modified to work on top of that other assets. So far, so good, Harry? Yep. So we could do that on the screen itself, but in this case, because we want to be fully dynamic uh, and also set up the, the trend pants, we did that through code. But the code is only those uh, eight lines. I'm selecting the provider, I'm selecting the assets, I'm defining the path for the key variables I want to show in my application, and I am using our UI tools to set up which tags I want to show in my trend charts. So if you are familiar with our concepts, we have that nice features that when you have a trend chart, we can very easily access all the profits for that chart through tags. So pretty much what we're doing here, we are mapping those uh, placeholders to the real data, and we're mapping the trend pens also to the assets name. And that's all we need to do to do the pop-up implementation, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, we will have um, that those examples published, so uh, if you're not clear, oh, what this take key double cuts mean? Just putting that under code to be consistent with the syntax. Uh, after you have the demos additional documentation, and we'll be able to clarify. But essentially, what I did, I created those addresses, and when the display is open, I just do the proper setup uh, to the current values of those. Uh, to the many properties I'm showing the UI. But the reason we open the code for this example, what you are going to do on that UI is up to you. Uh, if you want to go here and uh, put some other variable, so we are going to create a new variable here and we are going to do some calculation here, creating some calculation to show on the display and are doing that calculation only while the display is open. You can do that very easily. So you don't have any constraints. Uh, if uh, the pop-up that you are opening here, let's go to the map view, that's more interesting. Uh, so uh, what are going to do uh, when you open this pop-up? Not only the drawing of the pop-up, but even which code or calculation is running behind that screen is 100% very easy to customize. Okay. Mm -hmm. A key difference between our platform and some other tools out there. There are very nice tools that have similar UIs that are data mining tools with closed UI. So you may have a specific application that does that, but you cannot freely customize everything on the UI everything the data model, everything the calculation. So the key point of frameworks is to allow to do those kind of scenarios 
but with 100% ability to customize every and all behavior, not only of the user interface or the calculation behind that screen, or even tweaking the data after you get the data and presents, doing some other manipulation of the data in a completely open platform. Okay. Uh, questions, Harold, or can I keep moving? Um, no, I think keep moving. Okay. And the other screen that I, I'd like to show is uh, the one uh, called solar panels. Okay. That when you go to the drawing of this screen, it's not very nice. You can even zoom here to show all the screen. It has nothing. <laughs> okay. This, the reason this screen is important, even does not have nothing, is based on this navigation here, I have two main screens. I have one that's the map control. About using maps and application with geolocation, that will be a topic for a future training video. And another, another screen is this one that has the details of the assets under this city. This page is the one I'm showing the configuration there. And the reason the display is empty by default is because based on which city you are, I'm going to show two assets, three assets, five assets. So it's not this screen was created for the worst case scenario and we hide the objects like you could do, by the way, mm -hmm. in our very first release. It's not the case. In this case, this screen is fully dynamically created based on the asset model. <laughs> so there is no predefined objects in this screen. Everything that you show there is dynamically created based on the selected assets. Okay. And the code to do that, again, you need to have some base understanding programming, but here HTML5, so the syntax here is JavaScript. So it's pretty simple. It's only this page. You see, it, it finishes here. These are some other methods that are not using. So the entire code to, to populate that dynamic is that one page. What I'm doing, I'm essentially, again, putting a local variable, who is my tech provider and who is my selected assets. Where I get that? From the control. Uh, from those UI tags based on the user selection, I have those variables that I'm going to use a lot of applications, save it in that tag UI property. So I don't need to go back to that other screen. I know right now which assets and which tag provider is the focus of this user. And I do pretty much the same I did in the other screen uh, uh, that I am going to create the full qualification for what I need to populate in my symbol. Which symbol? This panel solar symbol. So here I'm creating the built-in properties of that symbol or that pop-up. By the way, the same screen can be either a pop-up or a symbol. <laughs> you can either open as a pop-up or you can, as I'm doing here, just replicate many instances of that. So essentially what I'm doing here, okay, I'm creating uh, that, okay, uh, the uh, symbols uh, to be able to show 
mapping uh, to uh, the many labels I want to, to show that. And the symbol that's doing that is uh, this one here. Uh, when you're doing that UI, our first order was uh, uh, to go to the symbol library and uh, create the proper uh, symbol. It's quicker instead of showing the full symbol library. The show here uh, using our own drawing tools, we create that symbol. And uh, one more screen that's important. Uh, hold on, let me go here. Uh, that's the one with the uh, assets that I show a little bit later. Uh, yeah, this one. Okay. If you don't only only one pop up, you want to have something like that that are going to repeat that many times, not mapping to only one asset, okay? There is one less trick that you need to do a for. <laughs> so essentially what I'm doing here in this code, okay? Uh, it's a little bit bigger, but not that much. It's only three or four lines that you have in addition. In this case, uh, I'm getting how many devices I have. So we have the calls to give, okay, given the tree that is selected, how many children we, you have? Essentially, instead of devices, you could do your application call that children, perhaps could be a better way. But here you are using some calls we have to give the asset name to know how many children, how many devices I have under that node. So what we do here, we just do a for loop adding to the screen the same way we add that pop-up one symbol in this case this great symbol mapping the property is inside uh this uh for next loop so that's what that's the code behind of this screen here that it's populating the same symbol many times based on this selection so let me uh, stop sharing again so we can have here some face-to-face -face conversation. Just uh, not the full training. <laughs> and I want to leave the last uh, two or three minutes for questions. I want really to give you the pointers. So you will receive the demo and the documentation. You understand the concepts. Okay. Comments, questions, Harry? No, I, I think... You know, to be able to build these dynamic applications, it's, uh, I mean, it's something we could kind of do before, but now you, it's 9.2 and some of the, uh, tying some of these aspects together make it just much easier, so. We can do that in days, that perhaps would be weeks later. And now, for instance, this same demo that was working at Canary, I asked my application engineers to modify to your almost a broker and SQL. Mm -hmm. They did that. I don't know how long, but I know after a few hours, I got the demo after the, their testing and certain documentation. I have to ask them. That was this morning, by the way. <laughs> I guess it was half an hour. Now I don't know, but very briefly, they reorganized completely the architecture <laughs> like that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's very nice. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good for today. Uh, I think in two weeks from now, uh, we are going to have another LinkedIn Live and uh, we'll focus more 
in the features of our MKGT broker. <laughs> we also okay. talk a little bit about maps and how can use external controls or the built-in maps in the application. I think uh, embedded broker or MKG broker, and a little bit if you have time to explore uh, some UI extensions, I think it's a nice. Yeah, uh, that'd be a great uh, next step. Yeah, that'd be yes. a great next step for this. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And I think another thing to look for is we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a session just on uh, more of a workshop just on Canary. So I would say look for everybody to look for that announcement. It's a little bit different than what we're doing here. This will be more of a, almost like a, a high level training and it'll be a workshop around our Tats Off Canary historian, the embedded historian, so. Thank you, Harry. All right, with that, yeah, thanks, Mark. And